minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Here we are, the Anarchist World this week. And if you're listening and you're wondering where the Wednesday Action Group will be in Melbourne, they will be in Federation Square. Now, they've been around since 1999. Why don't you form a Wednesday Action Group in your part of Australia? Whether it's Darwin, whether it's Utnadatta, whether it's Billawila, whether it's Seaview, all right? Could be Perth, Utnadatta. Gundawindi, who knows, Albury, Wodonga. You can form a Wednesday Action Group, doesn't take much, you don't need permission, you don't need to ask anybody, you just form it. Turn up at a government office, turn up at a corporate office, have a leaflet, have some, um, you know, have a, have a, if you can't write a leaflet, just have a little placard saying, pay your taxes, you mongrels. And before you know it, the police and security will be there. Before you know it, you'll be on the front page of the local paper. That's what it's about, taking action. Do you wonder what anarchy is all about? It's an anarchist society is a voluntary, non-hierarchical society based on the creation of political and social structures which are based on an equal decision-making power. It's a society where wealth is held in common and used for the common good. And why is it that? And why is it so, said Professor Joe Toscano, not Professor Sumner Miller. I've just... Giving myself a tick, which I shouldn't. I was being facetious. Why is it so? Because the word anarchos from the ancient Greek means without rulers. How do you create a society without rulers? You devolve power and you share wealth. It is simple. The anarchist mantra is simple. It's about devolving power, breaking down hierarchy, Involving people in the decision-making processes, sharing the common wealth, using the common wealth for the common good, because it's inequalities in power and wealth which create a significant, not all, but a significant proportions of the problems that most people on this planet face. When 64 individuals' collective wealth is the same as 3.5 billion, that's right, Billion, not an M, billion people, you know there is something wrong on planet Earth. And anarchism is about changing that. That's why you're listening to the Anarchist World this week. You want change. And you're not going to get change by just listening to the Anarchist World this week. You are going to get change by getting involved in activities, not just that activities we organise in our small corner of the universe but activities around the country. 
For example, we've got a few things coming up, all based in Melbourne. Oh, no, hang on. I, I, um, I digress. I digress. Now, in Sydney, at the Waterloo Housing Estate, which has been privatised by the New South Wales government, there'll be a pisto protest. Do you like that? A pisto protest. Gnocchi, drinks, wander down. 5 o'clock to 7pm on Wednesday, the 10th of May. Get involved with the people involved in resisting the privatisation of the Waterloo Housing Estate in Sydney. And if you're in Melbourne, you've got a few things coming up. Same day, Wednesday, the uh, 10th of May. Steps of Parliament House. Where else would we be? Where people make decisions, theoretically, make decisions on housing. Defend and extend public housing will be there. They will be there. We've written to every member of the Legislative Assembly and Legislative Council in, this, in the a country, in the state of Victoria. That's a hundred and what is it? Two hundred and twenty-eight members. How many will respond? How many will turn up? Come along, midday, Wednesday, the tenth of May. There's no. You don't like that action? Well, the Wednesday action group is on the streets of Melbourne every Wednesday, eleven thirty to twelve thirty. On the uh, 3rd of May, they're at Federation Square. On the 10th of May, they'll be assisting the Defend and Extend, you know, um, public housing group. And public interest before corporate interest, well, they've got things going. They've got things going. On the 31st of May, 12 o'clock to about 1, 1.30pm, steps of Parliament House. Use the P word. Use the P word. Public before corporate. Very simple. Governments have seemed to have forgotten what it's all about. If you're in Melbourne and you like the football, well, has Defend and Extend Public Housing got a got a, a thing for you? MCG, the Melbourne Cricket Ground, the home of the AFL. I don't know who's playing, I don't care. But Defend and Extend Public Housing will be at Gate 2 at 4.30pm. No, not to watch the football, but to give... Leaflets out to the punters to explain what's happening in the public housing sector. And it goes on. Plenty of stuff. 14th of May, I'll be speaking at the Unitarian Church at the Lessons Learnt. I think it's 11 a.m. 11 a.m. to midday. Lunch after. Very nice lunch. Doesn't cost you a cent. 110 Gray Street in uh, East Melbourne Unitarian Church. I'll be speaking. I'm the guest speaker. I'll be speaking about... The lessons learnt from the Tunnaminaway and Morborhina struggle. Turn up. Lots of things happening around the country. Lots of things happening. And if there's nothing happening in your part of the world, don't sink down into your seat and get internet RSI or become depressed. You can organise it. It doesn't make take much to get a piece of cardboard write something on it which is makes sense obviously put a stick on it stand outside a corporate office a bank highlight your concerns before you know it people will be coming up and talking to you because people are starving they are starving for resistance and you can provide that resistance because we've got a problem in Australia today most resistance that we see is about the other. We've got these crazy 
And the word is crazy, and my apologies to people who do have issues, health issues, you know, regarding um, psychiatric issues. I don't mean it in that way, but they have these weird, way-out ideas which seem to be gaining traction in the community that it's the other, the other, the person who's got a different religious belief, the person who wears funny clothes, the person who, you know, uh, doesn't wash, the person who's homeless, the person who speaks a different language, this person who's a different colour, the person who comes from another country. All their problems are related to the other. And if we get rid of the other, Nazi style, get rid of them, move them out, we'll be living in paradise. Well, what a load of crap. What a load of crap. The problem isn't the other. The problem is... That small section of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication. Those billionaires, multimillionaires and those 20% of Australians who enjoy all those tax advantages which money gives you in terms of investing and you know, creating more wealth. That's the problem. That's the problem. Why do you think there's unemployment? Why do you think there's homelessness? Why do you think your kids aren't getting an adequate education? Why do you think it can be so difficult to get into a public hospital if you've got an elective issue? Why, 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 why? And why are we always told to pull, you know, pull in our belts? That it'll all trickle down to us. Think about it. It's a bit like this. I mean, 21st century society is a little bit like this. You've got this big table, right? And this is not an original idea. I I never have an original idea. All I do is articulate, you know, ideas which other people should be articulating, but that I can't even be bothered. You've got this table, right? And you've got these people having a dinner party, right? And around this table with these long legs, there's hundreds of thousands of little people running around, running about saying, me, 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 me. And occasionally, you know, a little servant comes up with a bread crumb have you you seen these little brushes and pans and instead of brushing the breadcrumbs into the pan he or she brushes the breadcrumbs into the crowd and the crowd fights among themselves to get those breadcrumbs well if that crowd got together and sawed off one leg of that table everything that would be sitting on that table would slip off the table and everybody would be able to enjoy the largesse. And that's the society we have today in 21st century Australia. Now, I wouldn't give a shit if that's all it was, but it's worse. These people are so greedy, they are so controlling, that they now dictate parliamentary policy. Why is it... There is never legislation in Parliament which ensures the corporate world pays their fair share of tax. Now, if you live in Victoria, there's a chap, well, a parliamentary representative in the Victorian State Parliament called Don Nadella. Now, poor old Don's been hounded from pillar to post because he claimed he had a home here and a home there and he got 100000 off the government, which he's now been forced to pay back, all right? Fair enough, okay? But what about Rupert Murdoch? I mean, at one stage, at one stage, the Victorian state government was talking about passing retrospective legislation to, to force Donny Baby to pay back the money, 
right? Where was the cry in 2013? When Rupert Murdoch received an $886 million tax refund legally while making hundreds of millions of dollars of profit by a little bit of clever accountancy, the, the Treasurer at that time, the current ambassador of the US of A, Trump's little, you know, left-hand man, right-hand man, I should say, you know, couldn't even bother, couldn't even bother to comment. The tax office didn't even bother to appeal the decision because they knew they'd lose because there was no legislation in place. Where was the talk of retrospective legislation to ensure that that $886 million wasn't taken out of the Treasury and given to this billionaire? No talk of retrospective legislation. When we went out on the streets for over three years to raise this particular issue, it's as if our efforts fell on deaf ears. First of all, they got the police to try to remove us. Then the private security goons tried to remove us, and we still stood there. But the tragedy was, there's only a few dozen of us at the best of times. Where were the hundreds of thousands of people demanding that this travesty be rectified? They weren't there. And that's the problem in the land of Oz, the land down under. We are the biggest, the best grumblers in the world. We wail. You know, in ancient Rome, they had professional wailers. You know, you had a family member die and you wanted to make a big, big impact and you couldn't be bothered crying and pulling out your hair. Well, you'd hire professional, you know, mourners to come along on the funeral and they'd thump their chests and pull their hair and cry and demand, rub ashes into their bodies and you just take along, right? That's what Australian, that's what Australia has become. A country of professional complainers. Consumers complain, citizens act. Right? We are consumers. Everywhere we turn, we're considered to be consumer. You consume social security benefits. When you go to Medicare, you're a consumer, not a citizen. When you interact with a government department, you are a consumer, not a citizen or a resident. And so as we think we become consumers, we complain, we carp, we carry on. We complain, we carp, we complain, we carp, we complain, carping, carping, complaining. It's become a national pastime. But when you ask people who complain, you say, look, We've got this new political party. We're trying to get registered public interest before corporate interest, all right? We want to ensure that the corporate sector, this is nothing revolutionary. This is just a reformist, little pathetic reformist, little political party, public interest before corporate interest. You would think it'd be, you know, you know, it'd be as acceptable as uh, breastfeeding, you know? Public interest before corporate interests. Wouldn't think. And you say, well, you've got all these issues. Would you like to join public interest before corporate interest? doesn't cost you anything. Become a member. Hopefully we'll be able to register as a political party in the next few months. And you can be part of a social, political movement which is there, legally working, to defrone the corporate sector. Defrone the monopoly the corporate sector exercises over parliamentary legislation. Oh, I'm too busy. I can't be bothered. There's no point, they always win. And people slink off. If you're going to complain, 
act. If you're not happy with the type of crap and stuff that we put out, well, then organise your own because it's action which gets results. You can sign as many internet petitions as you like. You can go to as many parliamentary offices as you like. You can tear your hair out, but unless you act collectively, together, nothing changes. Now let's look at the Victorian state budget. I thought we'd look at that. Beautiful. Beautiful budget. And I can hear the listeners saying, Joe, have you lost your marbles? No, no. Beautifully designed budget. Brilliantly designed budget. Love it. Love the way it's been packaged around breaking the cycle. Beautiful. More police. Family law courts. All sounds good, doesn't it? All sounds good. Think about it. This is putting a lid on the pot politics. And what do I mean by putting a lid on the pot? You've got a pot full of water. And you're throwing some spaghetti. That's the people of Victoria, right? And that pot is bubbling. It is bubbling because there are issues. There are some people doing very well. There are some people who find themselves in exceptionally difficult financial situations but struggle from day to day. And there's some people that are doing very badly, right? And the pot is in danger of boiling over. And that's the problem. One in 33 Victorian children has been taken off their parents. They may be looked after by family members or institutionalised or foster parents. One in 33. Initially, when domestic or family violence figures came out and they doubled and tripled, we all thought that was because things were underreported. And obviously there's an underreporting angle. But it seems to be that family violence, interpersonal violence among people who know each other, whether they're genetically related or not genetically related, is a increasing problem, not just in the city of Melbourne, but across the country. So what do you do? You can do two things. You can lower down the gas or the electricity so that the pot boils, doesn't boil over, or you can put a lid on the pot and continue to boil the pot at the same temperature. And all of you know what happened. It happened to me last night when I was trying to cook a bit of spaghetti. The lid opens and all that ugly, horrible, white, disgusting crap leaks onto the stovetop and you've got a big problem cleaning it up. So what's the lid that's been put down in the state Victorian state budget? $2 billion for extra police, $2 billion to assist people, women and children, who, are, who have had violence set against them by people they know, okay? 
So it's putting the lid on the pot. Now, obviously, there are many, many, many drivers to interpersonal violence and family violence. Many drivers. And you can see this when you put some mice under a glass dome with limited resources, and as those resources dwindle, the mice turn on each other. And obviously there are drivers which push people in certain situations to do things that they would normally not do. It doesn't excuse the behaviour. It doesn't justify the behaviour. But if you want to change the behaviour, you want to change the character of the citizens of this country and and the state of Victoria into not resorting to family violence, you need to look at the drivers. And these drivers may not be the cause, but they are the things which tip people over into that situation. Obviously, there are societal issues. There are issues the way that people are brought up. There are issues that are, you know, uh, that, um, that confront us every day. But there are drivers, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, psychiatric issues, are all drivers. And if you don't provide services to address these issues in the community, homelessness, financial insecurity, financial stress, these are all drivers which may not be the primary cause but they augment the problem. They make it worse. So if you want to reduce it without major character changes, what you need to do is you need to dampen down the drivers. And that's why I said you turn down the gas on the pot by early intervention, by early recognition, by addressing issues of housing security and homelessness, Addressing issues of people with psychiatric issues not receiving the care they need in a particular time frame. They may receive it two or three years later, but not when they need it. Addressing the issue of the increasing use of illegal drugs which cause issues. Obviously, there are illegal drugs which cause some issues and there are illegal drugs which cause major issues, which makes it difficult for people to look after children or even interact with other people. So what do you do? Do you turn down the flame or do you put the lid on the pot and hope that it doesn't boil over during your period in Parliament? And that's what the Andrew State Labor government has done. It has put the lid on the pot. More police, more legislation, see what happens. Obviously, it will work for a short period of time because when that spaghetti starts boiling, you put the lid on the pot and you turn your back and do something else and forget about it. Hey, no problem. It's all sorted out. But when you come back five minutes later, there's... Mess all over the stove and on the floor. Think about it. Brilliant budget. Brilliant budget. And see, see, most people don't think about turning down the flame. They think about putting the lid on the pot. 
Because that's the easy thing to do, isn't it? Because if you turn down the flame, it takes a little bit longer for your spaghetti to cook, but you want to have it now. So think about it. Think about the way we are moving as a society, where we will think harsher prison sentences, more incarceration of people, um, more police, more laws, it's all going to resolve the issue. It buries the issue temporarily. It doesn't resolve the issue. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia. My name is Joseph Toscano. I'm hosting today's program. Uh, if you want to leave a message, 0439 395 489. If you want to write to me, yes, I do answer letters eventually, after a week. Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. If you want to join Pipsy, Public Interest Before Corporate Interest, you want to join Pipsy now, uh, www.pipsy.net. Oh, that's, uh, that's the webpage. But if you want to download the application form, info at pipsy.net. If you want to download the application form, info at pipsy.net. Okay? Simple. Public Interest Before Corporate Interest, join them today. Defend and extend public housing. Now, there was a beautiful thing about the budget and there'll be a beautiful thing in the federal budget. There'll be no P word. Forget about the C word. When you're talking to 21st century political representatives of almost all political hues, there is one word that is like driving a silver stake through a vampire's heart. Just mention the P word. During the deregulation, privatisation, corporatisation, globalisation revolution, which we've suffered over the last four decades, the P word has become synonymous with Satan. I mean, it's the P word which strikes fear and causes brown streaks down the legs of our parliamentary representatives. You know what the P word is? P-U-B-L-I-C. Public. Heard that word before? Public. P-U-B-L-I-C. Who are the public? Us. Us. In the sovereign nation of Australia, us, we are the public, citizens, residents, temporary visitors, we are the public. We are the people who theoretically in a democratic society make decisions to suit us, to improve our lives. We are the public. We are the people we've been waiting for. We're the public. And historically, the institution of the state was formed to protect the interests of the ruling classes, the interests of the monarchy, the interests of the feudal lords. That's why the state was created. Because what the state has is a monopoly on the use of force. That's what gives it its authority. Through the laws, through the courts, through the armed forces, through local police, that's what 
its authority is based on. But during the 20th century, that century of revolutions, there was change foisted on the state. For the ruling classes to maintain their power and resist the tens of millions of people who are involved in political and social activity and cultural activity which challenge the legitimacy and power across the globe, the state slowly began to take an interest in the people of that sovereign realm. And the stronger the fight for reform and revolution, the more gifts the state awarded to the people of this country. And those gifts came from robbing the rich to assist the poor. That's simple. Simple. So the state's role changed from an enforcer to an organisation that continued to enforce and enjoy a monopoly on the use of force, but also began to look after the interests of its citizens. And in many situations we saw the state take on the responsibility for providing major infrastructure, for providing essential infrastructure to ensure that a society functioned and everybody had access to what was considered to be essentials. And what we saw during that period was the growth of social security. Now, you know, words are arrows. And these arrows are used to destroy hope. And hope is the love child of desire and expectation, the desire for change and the expectation for change. That's what hope is. That's what it is. And we all hope for change to assist each and every one of us to be able to develop ourselves to our fullest potential in this society and to assist our children and their children to at least not have to suffer because of where they were born, who their parents were, and the list goes on and on. So the state took an interest. We had a social security system designed and created. And it wasn't just for the benefit of those people who found themselves in difficult situations who were too old or too sick to look after themselves. It was a social security system. It was designed to ensure that people's basic needs were met so there wouldn't be revolutionary change. It wasn't welfare saying, here, you poor little poor person, here's a crust of bread or here's an apple I've taken a bite of. Tut, tut, you be a nice boy there, while you bit them on the leg and said, piss off. No, no, no. It was a social security system designed to assist everyone, those who ruled and those who were ruled. Bingo. Same with public education, public health, public infrastructure, public essential services provisions, public banks, So what we saw was the creation in a capitalist society of a mixed economy where the public and the private competed in the marketplace and the public sector was able to keep a lid on the profits which were made by the private monopolies and cartels which are are the natural 
end product of a corporate capitalist system, a system based on making profits irrespective of the human social environmental costs. So here we were. The state had been transformed. It was slowly being transformed. It was slowly being used as an instrument to create a more egalitarian community. And don't say we're lucky in this country that this happened. We're not bloody lucky that it happened. It happened because in this country we struggled for those ends. Some people struggled parliamentary and set up political parties like the the old-fashioned Australian Labor Party. Other people struggled on the streets. There was a constant struggle to improve the lives of ordinary people in this country. It's not good fortune that we had overtime payments for all. It's not good fortune that you got access to Medicare. It is not good fortune that an increasing number of people are getting access to the National Disability Insurance Scheme. It is not good fortune that we had, you know, good infrastructure. It is not good fortune that we have a public hospital system or public education or public arts. It is not good fortune. It is the end product of struggle to force the state and force our political representatives to put the interest of the public, there's that P word again, sorry if you're offended, the public before the interests of unaccountable corporations whose major responsibility isn't to you. They may pay your wage, but that's not their major responsibility. Their major responsibility is to create ever-increasing profits for their major shareholders, sorry mum and dad investors, you're just a disposable extra in the superannuation you know, uh, race, disposable extras, They'll, they don't need you, they don't want you. You just give them a cover of legitimacy, you know, to make profits for them. That's what it's about. Irrespective of the human costs, they don't give a shit. Look at the smoking and the gambling lobby. Irrespective of the social costs, look at the social dislocation that is occurring including family violence, as a driver of family violence, it's occurring because of the growing inequalities in our society on every major social indicator. The gap between the haves and the have-nots or the those who exploit us, I don't like the haves and have-nots, those who exploit us and the exploited, because that's what it is. It's a gap between those who exploit and the exploited has increased. And why does it increase? Because we sit in a corner, we rub our hands in glee and we say, please, can I have more? More, we're told. More, we can't afford more. We can't afford to increase the minimum wage. We can't afford. I'd have to sell my third Learjet. Who do you think you are? We can't afford it. We can't afford to create public housing. No, we need to privatise public housing because that's a bit more profit for the private sector, isn't it? Oh, no, we can't provide nursing home care to people. We need to privatise it. And your old age, well, you'll need to pay that yourself, mate. And if you had a poorly paid job all your life or part-time work, well, mate, that's your problem because you didn't work hard enough and you deserve to starve. All right? That's the mentality. That's the mentality. Listen to the Anarchist World this week broadcasts 
via the community radio network to every state in this country, every territory, every state, every state, on the World Wide Web, 3cr.org.au, 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast, in case you're drawn away. Somebody knocks on the door wants a cup of sugar. When did that last happen to you? It's more likely somebody wants you to change your electricity account. Or they want to sell you something, some poor bastard is, you know, trying to make a buck. Or they want to, you know, um, sign you up for a faster broadband. Just what the world needs, faster broadband. Well, think about it. Think about it. This program is podcast. Send the podcast to your friends, send the podcast to your enemies. We'd like to see the podcast numbers rise dramatically, and they only rise dramatically if you let people know. And the podcast is 3cr.org.au. Put Anarchist World this week, 3cr.org.au. Hey, presto, you and me involved in the tango of our lives. That's right. Not that I can dance, but I assume you can dance and lead me. Here we go again. All right. Now, sometimes I have to laugh because things are so tragic, all you can do is laugh. Now, I was listening to that wonderful, wonderful education minister we have, the federal education minister, Mr Simon Birmingham. Don't ask. I think I was listening to the news, and that's why I heard him. I normally try not to listen to the Government Guild at ABC or waste my time on the uh, World Wide Web or or YouTube. So uh, I was listening to him, and he said, Hard... Working Australian parents are the type of people who send their children to private schools. Did you hear that? Hard-working Australian parents. Now, I am sure, I'm positive, I'm 100% positive. There are a lot of hard-working Australian parents who are working two jobs, who are trying to pay off a hex debt, who are trying to pay off a mortgage or pay the rent, who've got two or three kids, who it doesn't matter how bloody hard they work, they will never be able to afford the money to send their kid to a private school. There are many hard-working Australians in this country who can't afford to go to a dentist. I went to a dentist yesterday and if I told you what it cost, you'd fall over. I'm lucky. Well, I'm not lucky. I worked bloody hard. I had the money to pay the bill. But I can assure you, 50 to 60 to 70% of Australians cannot go to a dentist, a private dentist. Have to put up with pain because they can't go to a private dentist. So the audacity of the man to say it's only hard-working Australian parents who send their kids to private schools. I know many hard-working Australian parents who are ripped off constantly by their bloated, exploitative employers who send their kids to private schools who could never send their kids to private schools even if they worked 144 hours a week and every member of the family worked 144 hours a week. I mean, these people don't know what they're talking about, like Simon Birmingham... They wouldn't know what it's like to struggle. They'd have no idea. They'd have no idea. Let's move on. Now, <laughs> I'm laughing again. It's it's one of those weeks. 
If you don't laugh, you weep. And I'm too old to weep, all right? I've seen too much to weep, okay? Do you know what the big issue today is amongst the capitalist class, among the ruling classes? You know what the big issue today is? Because they finally have worked it out. It's it's so marvellous that these people have worked out something that you and I have known all along. But give them their due. Give them their bloody due. They finally worked it out because they're geniuses. The big problem today is, <laughs> wait for it, you'll love this, slow wage growth. You got it again? Slow wage growth. So what that means in plain English is as more and more of people's income or social security benefit is used to put a roof over their heads, whether it's renting or buying. And if wages don't increase, and they really haven't increased over the last decade because trade unions have been legislated out of existence, because in this country it is illegal. That's right. It is illegal to strike outside an enterprise bargaining agreement period. Now, I love to see our political masters get up and carry on, carry on about freedom of association, carry on about how important freedom is, you know, and that the Chinese government doesn't give people freedom. And here we have legislation which removes the rights of workers to actually withdraw their labour to improve their situation. They've got to rely on the Fair Work Commission, or I should say the Unfair Work Commission, to give them a little wage rise. So they've worked it out, aren't they, geniuses, that if wages don't go up, people don't have the money to buy shit and acquire services. They don't have the money for that big TV screen, especially if they've maxed out their credit card they don't even have the money to buy a credit card because what is was a credit card? You're buying money at 20%, 21%, 24% in some cases. You are buying money at ridiculous rates because you need that bloody money in order to survive. Think about it. So if wages don't go up, profits go down. Bingo, bingo. It doesn't take a genius to work that one out. So what are they going to do now? Are they going to get up at the Fair Work Commission and say, let's increase the basic wage by $100 a week? No, they want nothing. And what does the federal government do? They want nothing either. Oh, you have to laugh. You have to laugh when you live in Australia in 2017. It is, it is laughable. I'll give, you another, I'll give you another example of how laughable this privatisation, globalisation, corporatisation, deregulation is. Now, I looked at the Victorian budget yesterday and, you know, I talked about putting the lid on the pot. They'll do it successfully for a year or two, but it's going to boil over. It doesn't resolve any issues. But I actually looked at recurring expenditure. And that's what you need to look at in a budget, recurring expenditure. And do you know that 40%, that's 40% of the budget the ongoing day-to-day budget is used to lease buildings. Do you know that? Do you know the state government hardly owns anything 
and all those beautiful offices you see those public services in are leased. Do you know the county court in Victoria is actually a privately owned court which the state government leases from a private corporation? Did you know that? Do you know that there are hardly owns anything because most of it's been sold and that 40% of budgetary expenditure is used to pay to sit in a building to carry out activities. Extraordinary. Extraordinary. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, it is believable, isn't it? Because that's the world we live in. That's the world we live in. I mean, I hate to use a biblical analogy, but there's a lot of beautiful analogies in the Bible and the Koran and you know, and, 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 and the uh, Torah. There's some beautiful analogies, and that's the beauty of analogies because what they do is they create word pictures. And that's what I try to do in the Anarchist World this week, create a word picture to actually dilute an issue to its very essence by creating a word issue. You can read 5,000 words or 10,000 words, watch two hours of boring YouTube or television to get to the nub of a problem, well, you can actually use a word picture to actually explain, like we did with, like I did recently a few minutes ago with the lid on the pot as far as the, 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 the Victorian state budget was concerned. Well, a biblical analogy, and I've used it before, and I make no apologies for using it before, if you sow seeds, right? You sow seeds, and if you sow seeds on barren ground, those seeds don't grow and you get starvation. You get social dislocation because there's not enough food. And that's what we've done during the last 40 years. We were told that if we remove regulations and make it easier for businesses to work, that everything would be hunky-dory. Well, what does it mean? You remove reg- regulations, you get exploitation. I mean, those regulations came in to protect working people from exploitative employers. And we've seen large corporations like 7-Eleven, you know, find themselves with their hand in, in, the, in a worker's pocket. And we've seen the exploitation of overseas people on 457 visas, but more importantly, overseas students who've been exploited because there's no regulations, no enforcement of those regulations. So deregulation has created a real issue. I mean, we're told that if you remove regulation, it would all be hunky-dory. Well, it didn't. Then we're told that if we globalise, yes, boys and girls, we globalise, we export around the world, we'll be rich and famous. Well, guess what? When we privatised all these institutions which were making money for us, whether it was Melbourne ports, the airports, the old Commonwealth Bank, Telstra, they were, even Australia Post, they were putting money back into the Treasury. Once you privatise them, well, all that wealth-generating capacity disappears. It goes into private hands. So you do the privatisation trick and, hey, presto, more, more for your electricity, more for your gas, more toll roads, more so-called private-public par- partnerships. And most importantly of all, no money for public health, public education, and especially public housing. Now, for the last few minutes, I'd just like to talk about public housing because it is a concept which is removed, being removed from the Australian language. 
public housing. Every time you see a representative talk about public housing, whether it's a so-called welfare agency or a political party or a religious group or somebody who's running in the community and social affordable housing sector, it's always about social housing, affordable housing, community housing. Beautiful words, wonderful words, words you can tuck to your bosom and go to sleep with. They, they sound so beautiful. But don't put them too close to your nipples because they bite. Because they're private organisations. They may be for profit, they may be not for profit. They're not cooperatives and collectives. They are private organisations whose major responsibility is to keep those organisations you know, going along, going along, going along, going along, creating empires. Look at the Salvation Army. Billion dollar empire. Masquerading as some type of religion. Billion, multi-billion dollar empire. Look at the Catholic Church. Multi, multi-billion dollar empire. You know, providing so-called private education, which is funded by the public sector private hospitals which are funded by the public sector and the list goes on and on. Think about it. So what happens? Public housing doesn't exist. Privatise what's left of it. Give it away to the affordable housing, community housing, social housing sector. Go into public-private partnerships. Get a bit of money out of selling the land. Push the people out from inner-city areas to the peripheries and to the regional centre so you can forget about them. Wonderful. Now, there's one little figure I liked in the budget, Victorian state budget, and I'll give an analysis of the federal budget next week. Well, for what it's worth, I mean, who listens to the Anarchist World this week? What would I know? What would my, what would my listeners know? What would listeners to the Anarchist World? We're just, we're just awful. Scum, you know? Scum. Well, scum tends to poison you, doesn't it? Maybe that's what we're doing by talking on the Anarchist World this week. One figure I loved was... $6.1 billion. The Victorian state government received $6.1 billion from stamp duty. Now, the majority of stamp duty comes from selling apartments and houses, not businesses, apartments and houses. Let's round it down to $5 billion. comes from selling uh, stamp duty. Wouldn't it be wonderful if that $5 billion could be invested today in public housing? You would be able to create, I believe, around 200,000. Hopefully I got my figures right, but I think 200, because I'm doing this in my head. $5 billion divided by about a half a million, you know, around 200,000 units and houses, public housing. That would resolve the housing affordability crisis. That would resolve the homeless crisis. It would resolve all those issues today, now, within the next two to three years. It would lead to increased employment because people would have to build those units and houses and it would provide Homes, not just to people who needed emergency accommodation, but it would provide 
homes to people, secure, safe environment to people who will never, 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 never be able to afford their own homes. Six billion, five billion. And if every year there was three or four or five billion dollars which went into the public housing sector, if stamp duty, stamp duty, I'm not even talking about land tax, which you create another five or six billion, but if you just used, say, five billion dollars a year, which comes in in stamp duty, and that's going to increase as the population increases, if that went to the public housing sector, you wouldn't have an affordable housing crisis. But nobody talks about it, do they? Nobody is interested in talking about it because the word public, as I said, is like taking a silver stake to a vampire. You mention the word public in polite political circles among the major and most of the minor political parties and they run a mile. It's all about corporate benefits. It's all about corporate welfare. And I don't mind using the word welfare when it comes to the corporate sector because that's what it is, a handout. When you give somebody a social security benefit, you create social cohesion. When you give a corporation that's making multi-billion dollars of profits a handout, all you are doing is you're improving the bottom line of their shareholders, especially their major shareholders. So think about it. I said before, lots of things happening. If you're in Melbourne, 4th of May, 4.30pm, gate 2, MCG, no, no three tickets to the football game. Defend and extend public housing will be there handing out leaflets for as long as they can before they get turfed out. So join them. The more people there, the less chance they'll be turfed out. Come to the rally, defend and extend public housing rally. Steps of the Victorian, public, uh, Victorian Parliament at uh, midday to 2pm. Come along, come along. I don't expect any politicians coming along. Thank you for listening to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. We are trying to increase our podcast reach. Send the podcast to your enemies and friends. I don't care. Send it along. You can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. And all those people who are involved in the 1st of May, March, here in Melbourne, we should have some photos up on my personal Facebook page, Toscano for the Public. Have a look at it. Become a friend. Like the page. I don't know what it means, but Fort Bubble almost every day. Toscano for the Public. Go to the Anarchist Media Institute site, anarchistmedia.org, anarchistmedia.org. Public interest before corporate interest, pipsy.net, pipsy.net. Download the application form, info at pipsy.net. Listen to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station next week via the Community Radio Network. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World this week. Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Oh, larger!